Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on What Chaos, the decorum conversation. Is Bo Horvat a big crybaby? Are the Canucks the best and the Kraken the worst? Wayne Gretzky, trash at hockey confirmed. Jay Woodcroft started a win streak. Press the buttons. Go to hell, James Dolan. Chaos! Thursday, what chaos, DJ Bean, Pete Blackburn, Pete, I hadn't bet on hockey in a long ass time. I forced myself to bet last night so I wouldn't watch the Oilers because I, I, I keep only watching the Oilers and we have to watch other teams. I know that's the thing. We, we were talking about this with somebody else recently and like we, we have to force ourselves to watch teams that we don't want to watch sometimes just so that we can be able to talk about them. You bet on the Ducks? So that's the thing. I just bet on the other team I've been watching <laughs> yeah, constantly. I was, like, I've watched every Ducks game this season. I can't stop watching the Ducks. It was basically the Oilers and Ducks were on at the same time. And I just bet on the Ducks to split the difference. You did the dumb thing of being like a late adopter where uh, you bet on the Ducks when they were down. You're like, this team always comes back. So you bet on them. And of course, they didn't come back this time. They were down one nothing, So I bet on them, I think, plus 380. And they got shit kicked out of them and i was watching the game to like not only were they down they had like, like eight shots six shots on goal <laughs> yeah. halfway through the game yeah and like for the, the next 15 minutes after that they they got the shit kicked they lost out of them. eight to two to yeah. the avalanche it was also the second night of a back-to-back like that it was very clear that if ever they were a game where they weren't going to come back it was last night but yeah. it's still a fun game to watch i ended up when they got out of hand i just put on the oilers most of the games last night were pretty good actually uh, well, let's start with uh, the biggest rivalry in hockey, arguably in sports. There is an Eastern Conference team against a Western Conference team. You don't see this a lot. The Islanders traveling to Vancouver to play the Canucks. Bo Horvat's first game back in Vancouver. And we're going to talk a lot about how fans were acting, how Bo Horvat was acting. But I want to start with how the Canucks were acting, which is winning again. Quinn Hughes, breakaway in overtime. He's having a fucking monster season. Canucks are having a monster season. Uh, a very timely night of three-on-three three overtime. We had two really good overtimes last night on the slate. Right after we had the discussion, hey, is overtime broken? But the Canucks are nasty. And everybody's big question right now is like, when's the regression coming? How, how big is the regression going to be? Because they have the league's best PDO. 
and like by a pretty significant margin. I would have guessed that. And if you if you don't know what PDO is, it's the combined save percentage and shooting percentage of a team. And typically it falls around like 100, 101. And if a team is well above that, it means that they're getting pretty lucky and they're going to come back down to earth at some point soon. But my big thing on the Canucks is like, sure, they might be getting like a little lucky right now. Probably not going to keep up this pace for the rest of the season. Mainly offensively. Correct. But... I look at like the pillars that are holding them up right now. Like Elias Pettersson is one of the best forwards in the entire NHL. He's putting together a heart candidate, uh, candidacy right, right now. Uh, Quinn Hughes, one of the best defensemen in the NHL, putting together Norris candidacy right now. Uh, Thatcher Demko, one of the best goaltenders in the NHL, putting together a Vezina candidacy right now. I think all three of those things can hold. And if you have all three of those pillars in at each position, like, look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and how good they were for so long. And I think that the Canucks, when their best players play like their best players, they are a team that is absolutely worth taking seriously and can be a contender. They're almost a full goal over their goals per game last year, which they were top five in the NHL goals per game. They had, like, I want to say three, four, seven goals per game. And now they're at 4.4 goals a game. They're not going to score 4.4 goals a game, but... The they, Florida Panthers did it. A couple years. Florida Panthers did it a couple years ago. How'd they do? Pretty good up until the playoffs. No, I was gonna say no. They didn't. <laughs> they were, but they they were also not to like keep doing the thing where we talk about uh, fruitless playoff runs of teams past. But they were a team that like everyone knew was going to get bounced. Like the wasn't going to be right. They, they were didn't like play the, defense. The darling of the NHL that wasn't going to go anywhere. They didn't play defense. Uh, but. I agree with you. They're going to come back down to earth, probably offensively, but I think that they're still a legitimate team. That's, I mean, God, how many days are we now from? We're seven days from U.S. Thanksgiving. That's huge. And if you don't know, folks, you don't have to play the thing, Sean. <laughs> I apologize. I said U.S. Thanksgiving, and Sean was like, "You want me to play the thing?" For this. <laughs> if you haven't, go go listen to past episodes. There's a uh, animation for when we talk about U.S. Thanksgiving, because if you're an old head, you know that if you're in playoff position, come U.S. Thanksgiving, you are making the playoffs. It still kind of does hold up. Like most teams that, like by far, the majority of teams that are in position uh, at U.S. Thanksgiving end up making the playoffs. Yeah, there's like an overwhelming percentage. And I think it's like even bef- like well before that. I think it's like two weeks before U.S. Thanksgiving. That's like, there's an argument for uh, like November 1. Yeah, right. Uh, the Canucks right now are kind of lighting the leaderboards on fire because Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, and JT Miller all tied for the NHL lead in points with 26 apiece. And then also, uh, Philip Peronik mm. set the NHL record for the hardest shot ever in a game with 107.9 miles per hour on his, uh, his power play goal. Last night. Do we do wanking gestures on this <laughs> podcast? Uh, you can. I think that if you I do, thought about, if I you thought do about it, tossing one on that. If you do it, you have to pair it with like a verbal wanking gesture. <laughs> yeah, because we Something were like also that. available on Spotify and all podca- podcast platforms. Um, there you go. There's the big old wank. The horse. Says- I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you are. Uh, you're in that camp because I'm also in that camp. I don't fucking trust those stats. No. There's no way. Like, there's absolutely no way that that was the hardest shot ever recorded in NHL history. As soon as Zdeno Chara finishes this morning's marathon, (laughs) 
he's getting back out there and just fucking blasting one. <laughs> it's, smoking it by 10 miles an hour. It's like the uh, it's the home run length in a baseball game. Where, sure. Yeah. yeah <laughs> especially when it like when it hits something, it hits like an obstruction and it's like that one was going to go 450 feet. Or it's, how about the ones from like a hundred years ago where they're like, this is the third longest home run of all time. It was hit 575 feet right. before we had what, electricity. You with a tape like, measure? And like, I've been in this business for a little while. I know who gets paid, which people in the production get paid and which people maybe don't get paid as well. If you've actually got someone on your production staff who is calculating and like putting... What is that? Is, Sean, would that be physics? Would what? what yeah, would I mean, I think the basis of it would be like the the angle and the the velocity and stuff, like for home runs and so stuff like that. So yeah, physics. You need someone wearing a fucking lab coat on the staff. Like you got to have somebody. If we're to trust it, making like half a million dollars to sit there and be like, oh shit. Yeah, that that would have gone whatever. So you guys just don't trust computers. They is do that it basically in real what you're time, saying? And there's yeah, just like a. Oh, like, that would have well, Especially I mean, when they throw it on like the replay. Like they get it by like the so time quick. the replay shows. I mean, like with home runs and stuff like that, like it is, there's just like cameras and sensors all over the place. I, I trust it only because when we were like, we've seen before where they're like, that shot went 81 miles per hour and they throw it up there. And it's like, okay, if they were lying about it, they would inflate those stats and not just show really average stats. I no do reason. have a. Uh, perhaps admission to make and even concession of a point when you just said you guys don't trust computers i don't know about you pete i hadn't considered that i was like oh yeah they have computers do it yeah and i know i truly was thinking it was like a, a group of people have gotten together and one of them has to be really smart but, well that's the, what it used to be for sure which is why i'm like well, the old so ones. that's I'm why like, i don't that's why i don't trust like the philip Pronick had the hardest shot in an nhl game in history because like they just started implementing the, the puck tracking data and like fair. it's getting yeah. it's getting much better so maybe maybe it was 107.9 last night but i don't necessarily believe that that's the hardest shot ever taken that's like, five years Years ago, it could have there could have been sixteen shots that were hard. And I'm That's also fair. the biggest believer in the hockey player ten years ago just isn't as good as the hockey player now. Same. And I say all the, the equipment. time, you're right. Equipment, coaching, training, diet, and everything. Like I, I we're gonna talk about Gretzky in a little bit, but like McDavid is the best hockey player of all time mm -hmm. because he's the one doing it now and has the benefit of all those things. Patrick Mahomes is the earmuffs. Certain fans is the best quarterback of all time because he's, no, he's the not. one doing shit that we've never seen anybody do. Shohei Otani is the greatest baseball player of all Shohei time. Shohei Otani is that one. obviously yeah. the greatest <laughs> baseball player of all time. But where I do say, mm, might give it to the old guys, is shit like hardest shot. Because I know that there's a lot of coaching and training that goes into that. But at the end of the day, Give me a dude that's just lifting weights over his head and like lifting up cars and shit. And those people are Al McGinnis and Zdeno Chara and those guys of yesteryear. I am trusting Al McGinnis to beat up whoever is taking the hardest shot right my, now. My only He's going to come in with his Sherwood stick. That's and what I was going to say. Fucking go ham. That's and my you, one pushback is like the sticks themselves. Like we, you're talking about it the other day when you see the still shots of how the just the torque whip, on those yeah. sticks. Like I feel like back then if you tried to shoot a shot that hard your stick would just snap we're going to a ccm event tonight and we have talked about it a little bit off the podcast 
we're all so excited for individual reasons. I'm excited to see a bunch of cool shit. Pete, you're going to see, uh, or we're all going to see like some like trick shot artists and people that you know in that space. Uh, Sean and I also have talked about like how much stuff we come yeah, home with. Yeah, after <laughs> merch. I would like to talk to somebody there about flex though because i do think it is getting out of control based on those stills where the the flex on the stick is just out of control we got the flex police over here uh, uh, yeah i'm i'm flex police <laughs> and i only want sherwood sticks no 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 disrespect to philip Ronick, but yeah you're no, a fraud you didn't this comment said that the official data now is saying it's just over 100 so like uh, yeah i think especially like the real-time stuff is you don't know. Like, stats always change. Like, they'll, they'll say a home run was this long. Yeah, and then, stat like, corrections. They'll, they'll correct it later <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. I will say. You can't, you, do, you can't do a stat correction after you said that something set at a record. Like, yeah. you're just not allowed to do that. <laughs> you're not allowed to do you're, that. Like, at that point, like, you got to just, you, like, start, like, killing people. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> you got to eat it, dude. You got to cover it up. <laughs> do whatever you have to do. Uh, when you watch hardest shot competitions and stuff like that, and also tonight, I think there's going to be, like, some target stuff, and I'm really excited to do that to see how many it takes us to even hit one. I would always love watching the hardest shot competition at the all-star game, but I think I can admit now when you watch the hardest shot competition, it just like, they all look the exact same. I know it's, but you're, it's, but every time you're like, Whoa, I bet that was hard. Oh, that wasn't honestly uh, the, the hardest shot competition is so embarrassing for like me as a viewer. Cause somebody will fire it off and I'll be like, damn, that one was hot. And it'll be like 86.3 miles per yeah, hour. You are now be, disqualified. And I'll be like, fuck shit. <laughs> yeah. We should do uh, some uh, hardest shot, like challenge shit. Show people two hardest shot entries and be like which one was that's the harder. new eye test does it pass the eye test oh we got to do some eye test stuff like that that's very very good now we're cooking with gas the canucks though man just i think they're for real let me ask you this as i said bo horvat's return to vancouver uh boohooing before the game a lot of booze going on boohooing from horvat's face mm-hmm crying former captain in vancouver makes all the sense in the world my face uh, was damp boy was also booed when he touched the puck which i think I, I i think there's a lot of respect in that like i i love when the player is welcomed back pre-game and then once the game starts it's like you understand this is business though yeah i do it's, i like it's that. uh in goodfellas you know when henry's given the money at the end and he says now i do have to turn my back on you mm-hmm. it's like that's like hey we're way hey, I, I i for all you've done i want to give you this but now once the official goes to center ice and says his mic'd up thing and drops the puck this is over i absolutely respect the hell out of that i think that the vancouver canucks fans are some of the best in hockey uh i think that i loved every way that they approached the uh the Bo Horvat return um last night but there is one thing yes that was very very weird it's from just the a talker Canucks fans. I don't know if it's like how bad it is it's weird man it's a talker for sure we're getting weird across the board it's weird uh there were a, a, a good amount you said you said it like a good amount right there was a shot of as uh Bo Horvat was having his little tantrum before the game. Uh, <laughs> there was a shot of a bunch of fans holding up signs and they were wearing Bo Horvat 
Islanders jerseys. Mm-hmm. So is it weird to wear the jersey of your former player at your team's home game and Sean's head is about to fall off from how strongly he is nodding yes this is a very this is a conversation we i had actively with one of my fellow producers in phoenix uh, we have very strict rules on what jerseys you are and are not allowed to wear at sporting events Whoa. so I, i'm very passionate you're about one this of those i don't yeah. i don't like i don't know if i like like the rules for what you're allowed to do but i i do think it's weird behavior in this instance especially because like Bo Horvat wasn't the only good player on those Canucks teams. Like I could see it if, if like Bo Horvat was keeping that team afloat for many years or whatever, and you you're just like a lifelong Bo Horvat fan, you'll support him for the Islanders. But like, there are so many other good players on the Canucks that you can like get a jersey for and just like wear the Canucks jersey. It's super weird to like to wear that Islanders jersey to the the Canucks home game. So I think. You can get the jersey. I agree. You yeah. get the jersey and maybe you don't wear it there. But wearing it to a Canucks game when you're a Canucks fan, like the jersey of the other team mm-hmm. is is weird. Now, if this were the early 2000s, people wouldn't be accusing us of being a Bruins podcast. They'd be accusing us of being an Avalanche podcast because mm-hmm. Avalanche jerseys became so commonplace in Boston. You were allowed, like you would go to a Bruins game and people would wear avalanche jerseys in support of Ray Bork. Mm-hmm. And eventually, in celebration of Ray Bork, that he won a Stanley Cup. And in 2001, they had a parade for him when they yeah. won the Stanley Cup. And they, like it was very low weird. Po- but Boston, low point in Boston sports history. Boston had a Stanley Cup parade for Ray Bork. And that was really weird. And then uh, a few months later, the Patriots mercifully won the Super Bowl. And people kind of put that all behind them. But I do think there are some circumstances where if your franchise is sad enough, that's what and I'm you can acknowledge that like we're really sad. Yes, yeah. Like we're just going through something. I'll tell you what, Sean's getting in his exercise this morning. He was doing this before, and now I'm he's just, doing this. I have rooted for sad franchises my entire life, and you would never <laughs> catch me dead wearing something different. The thing that really always bothers me is like I went to plenty of Arizona Diamondbacks games and like you would go, and then there would be, it'd be like Diamondbacks, Cubs, and someone would be wearing a Red Sox jersey, and you're like, "What are you? That's what are you doing here?" Especially Elaine. when it's like a Kurt Schilling jersey, and it's like, "What point are you?" I'm okay to make? with that. That just means you're just a it fan just means of the sport. That you're a right wing fanatic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, yeah, like the the sad thing is what I was getting to. Like, where if that was the only good player, it's kind of just like. I just I'm I'm with this guy now. Uh, I'll go with him anywhere. But I I feel like I don't have rules on I don't have many rules on jerseys. Like anybody who knows me, you can see our jersey collections here. Like, You're also very I, big I'm against not gatekeeping f- in hockey, which I think like it, <laughs> correct. No, like I think is like a, a very good use of your energy. There are like I get people on Twitter all the time that are like, "How do you consider yourself a Bruins fan when you wear a Sabres logo? They're in the same division." It's like. They're not rivals. Like, oh, and, that is and a very Boston-specific opinion. Yeah. If somebody ever said to me about a hockey like thing, how can you wear How that? do you ever consider, be like, these aren't, the, this is not where I use my consideration points. Yeah. I consider other things. Hockey, I just go to be stupid. I, I will, I only have two teams where I will like, I feel like I will never wear their logo. And it's the Yankees. We'll never, we'll, we'll never don yes. a Yankees thing. 
and the Canadians. When the Canadians made the run to the Stanley Cup final, <laughs> I was pushing for that team so hard, along with our friend Jim Murray, who is like the quintessential miserable Boston sports fan, loves the Bruins more than anything, hates the Canadians more than anything. And there were a lot of people in Boston who just like hockey that loved the Canadians were making this run because also I think a lot of people in Boston maybe were um, rooting just for Boston, missed, Montreal. Well, that's well, why just, I was rooting for the Canadians. I know. I think just like missed the Canadians being relevant. Oh, and they're I like, know. If the Canadians absolutely. can be good, then maybe there's a little more juice in this rivalry. And I'm not a like truly, you know, it's like I'm not really a Bruins fan. Certainly not the way that you are. Mm -hmm. I like a lot of guys on the team and I like being around a winning product and everything. But if the Bruins lose a game, I'm not, it, it's not ruining my life. That said, I was pulling hard for the Canadians when they were making that run. And there was a day that I went out with a bunch of friends and I'd been sent a bunch of cool Canadians stuff and the Canadians were playing that day. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. I put on a Canadian shirt and I did the thing where I was leaving my apartment where I like looked in front of the mirror like 55 times and like start to change back and change. It, it felt so weird. I ended up going out wearing the Canadian stuff. I felt self-conscious wearing Canadian stuff I'll in never Boston do it. the entire day. And I, I have a sick Canadians hat on our set that whenever I put it on, I'm just like, this looks so fucking weird. I can't do it. After the Bruins got their ass kicked in the winter classic at Foxborough. Um, Great I, I, experience. I found, yeah, I found um, a Canadians winter classic Jersey, which was like the powder blue Jersey that they wore in that game. I found it. It was like a PK Subban Jersey. I found it at like a lids locker room for maybe like $35. And I, I stood at that rack for maybe 20 minutes debating on whether I should buy it or not because I love that jersey. Um, I liked P.K. Subban at the time, and I was like, can I do it as a Bruins fan? Can I pull the trigger on this? Can I wear this jersey? I ultimately decided no. I think at this point in my life, I would have bought it just to like hang it in the lockers yeah. and not actually wear it. But it was like a real uh, real test of, of whether or not I could do that. And I've decided since that, like, I just can't. I can't do that. One of the biggest misconceptions, by the way, in recent NHL history is that Boston hated P.K. Subban. Boston. I'm sure people did. I mean, like, probably like miserable fans who just like hate the opponent always like P.K. Subban was I'm trying to think of like a, an equivalent for other sports. Like Peyton Manning would be a bad example. Like Patriots fans were like Peyton Manning actually sucks, and so like Boston fans because Marshawn was happening at the time. There was also was no debate about like it. is PK Subban better than like Bobby Orr because like, people hated Manning. They were like, is Manning better than Brady? Right, right, right. But Boston like Bruins fans loved PK Subban, well, and once he started getting traded, they were like, <laughs> right, get him over here. I uh, I think it's very much in the same vein as like you want the Canadians to be good because you like the rivalry. You mm. want them to at least be relevant so that there's some juice in that rivalry. And I think that PK Subban was a great heel mm. for Bruins fans. And I think that that is good for the sport. It's good for the rivalry. I'm so glad that the Canadians are 
sort of relevant again. And there was some juice in that uh, Bruins Habs game for the first time in years. So, uh, yeah, but back to the Horvath thing. I, I think it's it's weird to wear that jersey in, in that, that specific scenario. Do you currently, either of you, own any jerseys that you feel weird donning? Um, yeah. Yeah. I... I have a Houston Astros jersey mm. that I bought prior to the the trash cans, and now I'm just like, I feel like that's a statement if I wear uh, it out. And it's like one of the sick, like Nolan Ryan, Sunrise, oh, Tequila Sunrise yeah. jerseys, and I just, I can't wear that one out. There's a lot of jerseys that I can't really wear right now because I'm struggling with my weight, so they're too small for me. So maybe give them Pete. to me. <laughs> yeah, we Pete and I do have a pretty good. Uh, we give each other stuff when we're either sent things that are too big or too small. Yeah, um, I own one jersey that I have. I don't think I've ever actually publicly admitted that I own this jersey. Well, and for anybody that knows me, this is a stunning admission. Aaron, her, what? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> I own. Not that one. I own a uh, a Hockey Canada jersey. Uh, I'll admit that yuck. I fucking hate Hockey Canada with all my might, but they have some good uniforms, and I own one of them. They do. It's a really good uh, jersey. The one that I want, if anyone can send it to me, uh, I can't find it. The Canadians lollipop one, the or like the candy stripe one. Oh God, that's that disgusting. One, I, and everyone made that face at me when it was around. Disgusting. When I was... Uh, in Montreal for probably a hockey thing and they had that in their pro shop and I just didn't I couldn't swing it financially but I was like this thing's sick right that's, and everybody that's was like never Ugh. stopped you before what's that <laughs> that's never stopped you before we have some pro shop content <laughs> coming we are it's, going bankrupt yeah people keep saying like what's the budget for like the jerseys on this set like good call there should be one <laughs> right that's a it's $50 it's yeah. Oh, I can't wait to put that out. I started to now uh, we'll just do this part of the podcast where we just talk to each other about things people don't know. I started to like edit some of the pro shop stuff we've done. It's really, really good. Okay, we have a, good. we have a pro shop series uh, that's Pete's idea that is going to be amazing once it's out in the world. And hopefully we could sell it so somebody could pay for it because it's for something that we haven't even put out yet. We've invested so, so much, much money, money that no one told us to invest <laughs> right. into it. Uh, I have invested, quite frankly, I've ingested so much Olipop recently Ooh. that I'm feeling like a regular boy. My insides are, what does regular degular mean? Have you heard that expression? No. I feel like that's something that you possibly haven't heard and maybe Sean has. Sean, have you heard regular degular? Mm, no, sir. It's something that it's just people say regular degular. Yeah. Anyway, I'm regular thanks to Olipop, which is a incredible prebiotic soda that comes in all the flavors you want. Recently, if you've listened to the pard, you know I've been very, I've been in a long-term relationship with the cream soda. Mm -hmm. I hadn't had it. And then once I tapped in, I don't know if I've had a different flavor since. It's so good. You're on your lemon lime. That's right. I love the lemon lime. Lemon lime, really good. Sean. Uh, might get a, a grape tattoo at this point. About it, yeah. Sean, you're gonna you're gonna, you're having so much grape olipop, you're gonna turn into a grape olipop. Yeah, I'm about to look like uh, a girl from Willy Wonka, except grapes instead of a blueberry. What was her Avruca Salt? Yeah, that sounds Is right. Is that her name? Sure. There's also Augustus Gloop. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. And there was uh, Tim Mike TV. Mike TV. Yeah, that's right. Mike TV is a hard name, and Mike it's spelled TV. out. 
T E E E T E E V E E. Uh, well, you know what I spell out sometimes? Olipop or chaos. D R I N K O L I P O P. Drinkolipop.com. And I like that you checked the can. You're like, how many like, L's he, in Olipop? Say, I, I had to check that. I did. And I, I put in the code chaos when I'm there. For how many percents? For 20% off. And uh, I actually recently, I was at, uh, at 22,000 stores and I got Olipop at all of them. That's how uh, that's how ubiquitous this beverage is becoming, Pete. It's everywhere. 22,000 stores, more than that, across America. It's so good. It tastes amazing. And it, it doesn't even have five grams of sugar per can. So use code CHAOS on drinkolipop.com on your next order, and you're going to get 20% off. That's CHAOS on drinkolipop.com. Pete, the, the kids are at it again. They are. Because there's a rotten kid working at the Hockey Hall of Fame, and he told off Wayne Gretzky, right? That was the story? He yeah. saw Wayne Gretzky come in, and he said, we don't take your kind. Get out of here, Wayne. The great one? I don't think so. Yeah. So why don't you take a great walk down uh, Young Street and get out of here? Is yeah. the Hall of Fame on Young Street? I don't know. We'll find the out. Hall of Fame? No, but we're going to Toronto later this year. Are we? NHL All-Star game, baby. That's, That's next year. What? Well, yeah. Is that a 2024 it's February, joke? isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty, I feel like, pretty definitively next year. Oh, give me a break. When it's this season, Sean's it's this a, year. I was going to say Sean's a wise ass, but Sean's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Can't confirm. He's, yeah, fuck off. We, whenever we try to come up if with anything. If you try to pull that shit on like December 27th, no, I am not one of those people. I am not one of those people where it's like, oh, see you next year because it's, de- it's December 31st. But I when was. you're talking about something that's in February, that's like pretty distinctly. Next if year. it's if it's in a six month window, it is not next year. Keep keep Sean splaining calendars to us, okay? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a kid did mansplain hockey to Wayne Gretzky. Which yeah. I do love. we have that clip? Do we have Asshole? the clip? Last time wasn't as memorable. I, I took my <laughs> nine year old son uh, who who d- didn't know a lot about hockey, but he said, "You got to come to the Hall of Fame with me." But I said, "I got to put a hat and sunglasses on if we want to get around." There's a lot of kids there, so we're getting around. And they got a great interactive part of the Hall of Fame downstairs, and my son says, "Can we get in line? I want to try this." And I said, "Great." So he's one for one, two for two, three for three. He ends up four for five, right? And he goes, "Dad, will you try this?" And I said, "Yeah, I'll try it." I'm zero for one, zero for two, zero for three. <laughs> and the young kid who was running the line says, uh, "Sir, if you move your hand down the stick a little farther." <laughs> I, I was so mad at him, I threw my hat off and I told him, "We're running out of here." <laughs> I had two big takeaways from that thing. And the first one... Gretzky sucks now. Well, I already knew that. Uh, The first one was that, how does Gretzky's kid... He said that his kid doesn't know much about hockey or, like, isn't... I respect that. I think that that sounds like a super cool kid. I like to imagine they went to the Hockey Hall of Fame and be like, why have they got so many pictures of you, Dad? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, Well, I mean, we already kind of knew that Wayne Gretzky sucks at teaching other people hockey from his time with the old... Coyotes. Uh, was it the students, though? In defense, like I, I, I don't defend. Maybe, maybe a little defend bit. Of a, a weird little bit coaching of hires, which that was, but. Por que no los dos? 
could have could have been the could have been the students. Uh, second takeaway: Wayne Gretzky is just so much better at TV than I thought he would ever be. When they first brought him on for TNT, kind of rolled my eyes a little bit and was like, "They just got him for the name. It's it's not going to be a great experiment here." And then, even in his first year, it was pretty pretty rough at points. You're like really the only club in the bag here is that they got Wayne Gretzky and they just keep referring to that. And he wasn't great on TV. He has gotten so much better. Oh yeah. From year to year. We talked about it the other day, right? There's like once the second year hit, it was like, all right, there's something here. He doesn't, he's, he's not as uncomfortable mm -hmm. sitting out parts of the conversation because there were times where they would just talk and then they'd be like, what do you think Wayne? And He'd be like, oh, yeah, they just got to go out. And you just kind of use some canned answer stuff. And now he's like, he knows what he's good at. Mm -hmm. And he does what he's good at, which is talk about how much food he used to eat during games (laughs) or tell a funny ass story. And if there's one thing, not the greatest hockey player ever, but the old timer guy, which now Wayne Gretzky is, if there's one thing that person's going to have, it's fucking stories. And I've talked to not great old time hockey players and they've got a million of those stories and it rocks. If you ever covered like NHL stuff, my favorite part about covering the NHL was uh, not for like drinking sake, but being at the bar after Mm -hmm. and just exchanging stories and having everyone's got these cool stories and being like, I hope someday I could have a couple of fun stories like this. And when you get old time hockey players going on funny things that have happened to them, there's no one who does it better. And Gretzky, in addition to being one of the greatest hockey players ever, the greatest hockey player of his time, is now excellent on TV. Yeah, he he's excellent on TV. He's excellent on podcasts because like that's it's a comfortable situation for him to to tell stories. And I think that he's absolutely settling into that role, like you mentioned, where. He knows that he doesn't have to like necessarily be the star of the panel. He doesn't have to chime in on everything. But when he has something to say, he says it. He says it eloquently. He says it very like confidently. It's very easy to watch. It goes down smooth. I, I'm a big fan of Wayne Gretzky on the panel. You know what he does is he kind of... He does an end-to-end rush. He doesn't really get involved in the play too much. <laughs> and then once he has the puck, he... I'll use another old time hockey, but he's Bobby Orr. He just goes from end. He does. He takes it and he'll go and he'll tell a 90 second social clip. And then he like taps out and they all talk amongst themselves for a little bit. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, would love to get him on this show to tell some stories, but some not, yet. not yet. Not yeah, yet. We yeah. could get, we could probably like hit up biz and be like, please get us Wayne Gretzky, put in a good word. But I want to keep building his legend on the show. And I know that he already arguably has a bit of a legend. Wayne Gretzky's legend needs to be built up on this hockey podcast. So far prior to this conversation, the only time we talked about him was how funny is it that he just talks about eating pizza? Well, I think we should do, we should play that up when we get him on the show. Just get, just have a ginormous spread and see how hard he goes. No, my first question to him would be, did you ever eat during the games (laughs) just to see what he'd say? And he'd be like, 
one time Halloween had just passed and we were at the store and they had all this leftover candy. It was very cheap. So I ate the whole bag before the game and then I scored 13 goals. We'd be like, <laughs> we know, Wayne. We have a pretty extensive list of guests that we want to get on currently playing. Obviously, like it's easy to identify the biggest stars in the game Frank right, Toronto again. right now. Correct. America's greatest goal scorer. Um, also, whenever Frank Vertrano doesn't score in a game, you know what it is? It's uh, anti-Italian discrimination. That's right, buddy. Um, <laughs> but beyond current players, like who are the, the, the legends? Like who are the retired legends that we really want to get on the show? Okay, I actually, I don't know if this guy counts because he kind of is broadcastery now, but... If we could get Roberto Luongo dicking around oh, with us, yeah. that would be fantastic. He's I'd not also, broadcaster; he's a, he's a front office guy now. That's right. I'd, I'd also like um, I'd also like Martin Brodor. Okay. We we could also piss off Patrick Waugh. I just want to get old goalies. I would love to piss off Patrick Waugh. Yeah. Just maybe want, get a lawsuit like, thrown in the mix. Dominic beats the shit out of one of us. I want Dominic Hasek. Okay. Oh, that would be. But and that's that's another one where I kind of give the nod to the old player. I'm pretty sure Dominic Hasek still is the best goalie ever. No, Tuka Rask, one of the guys that I want on the show, Tuka Rask. That's true. He doesn't know what reverse VH is. He doesn't know what VH is. He doesn't know what goaltending is. He just, I'm going to run at your feet. Do you think that if we said, what does VH mean to you? He wouldn't, like, I bet he doesn't even know what Van Halen is. I bet like he's <laughs> so distant from anything that could possibly have anything to do with goaltending. Uh, I, I mean, do want to say I Tuco think would be good. There seems like um, there's recently a resurgence in very aggressive goaltending, pursuing the puck in Linus the other night. The exactly, and uh, there was somebody before that. I forget Nothing who it was, for whips. But, but it was like two two Hashik type incidents in like a week. Hmm. I want. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in goaltenders staying in the crease when it comes to playing the puck behind the net, but when it comes to playing the puck in front of the net, I'm all about that shit. You know who rocked for that was uh, Beezer, John Van Beesbrook. Oh, yes. He was big into like, what's going on? I can see the puck. I can see the puck. I'm going to go get it. And he would just like run out, dive like at the blue it's line. It's like a dog like, playing fetch. Didn't need to do that, bud. <laughs> that uh, was so cool. Tukaras, Keith Kachuk, uh, and Joe Thornton. Are Keith my guys. Kachuk is a uh, that's that's a that's a possibility for us. Yeah, uh, I shot uh, on the list. Don't ask why. I have his number. Shot him a text recently, and he was like, "Not right now." Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Sounds like you're coming on the pard, buddy. <laughs> Just not right now." Uh, I'd like to get PK Subban and try to get some of the current ESPN off him. <laughs> No comments. <laughs> Why? I uh, PK Subban's broadcasting career has been a massive disappointment to me. Oh, so you're saying no comment because you don't want him on? I think that he would be better in this setting. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I want to kind of recalibrate him. Yeah. Okay. Just be like, you're a. Cool, I'm down to try. You're a cool, funny, super nice dude. You'd be good on a podcast. He's not my favorite Subban. Malcolm is Malcolm's my Malcolm's boy. The goat. Malcolm's pretty nice guy. Very nice guy. I saw him in a goalie fight one time. Awesome. Really? Yeah, in the AHL. So I saw him singing national anthem. Rochester Americans. That's also, right. We've played video games together. Hell He's yeah. just the best dude. Uh, are the Oilers back? Because 
they come back, beat the Kraken last night. Evander Kane, hat trick, electric performance. They're now, they've won three straight, two of which are under Chris Knobloch. Mm-hmm. Shout That's out right. Jay Woodcroft <laughs> for uh, getting that winning getting streak Getting the party going. started. Yeah. People forget. Uh, do you feel that they're back because they were 1-8-0 in their previous nine games? Um, or is this just a spark? Well, I mean, like, Connor McDavid seems to be back. Yes. Uh, sort of. Like, when he's not covered by anybody, he's definitely back. And, like, on the ice at the same time as Dreisaitl. Adam Larson made the biggest business decision I've ever seen in my life. So much respect <laughs> there. just completely abandoned any idea of covering Connor McDavid on the rush. Good. Wild move. Um, but, yeah, like, when McDavid's playing well, Dreisaitl's playing well, Evander Kane's playing well. Zach Hyman, like they're going to have a fighting chance. They're going to score a bunch of goals. They're going to give themselves an opportunity to win games. That's never been in question. Mm -hmm. We've had the discussion like, are the Oilers going to win games for sure? But are they going to play like near perfect hockey for the next five months? I don't think so. And they've been playing playoff hockey since mid-November. Like so people that's the accent people use to talk I'm about not, hockey. I'm not writing them off. I'm not saying they're dead. I'm not saying that this is like not something that we're not going to see in the future down the line. I just don't believe that they can do this consistently for months at a time. They're going to fall apart for another month somewhere down the line. Kraken meanwhile have lost 5 of 6 and to tie into an earlier conversation, who's situation is most upset by the Canucks being good because there are a lot of teams in the Pacific that had designs on things going better for them than they currently are. Oilers and Kraken right now, chief among them. Yeah, the Kraken are an interesting case because a lot of people, I think particularly our friend Ryan Lambert, um, I had a discussion with him at the end of last season. He was like, oh, no, the Kraken are going to suck next year. <laughs> he was like, uh, have have your fun with this playoff run, but they're going to suck next year. And I didn't believe it. Uh, they don't look like they're very good. They're not scoring with the, the, the tenacity that they did last season. Um, their goaltending, once again, is a problem. Their PK is a problem. So, like, I, I think the, Can- Canuck, or the, uh, the Kraken could be a one-hit wonder at this point in time. So I wouldn't say that they're thrown off by by the Canucks being good. I don't even think that I think the discussion is wrong here. It's not it's not the Canucks throwing the division off. It's the Ducks. Mm. The Ducks being good is throwing the division off because I think the Canucks are a good team. We talked about it earlier. Like they have the pieces in place. They've just kind of been a dysfunctional organization and we've been waiting for them to snap out of it. They seem to be snapping out of it this season. The Ducks are just way ahead of schedule. And I like I don't think it's going to sustain for all that much longer. And I think we'll see some order restored to the Pacific That's anti-Italian division. anti-Italian discrimination. <laughs> Maybe. So, so you think the biggest disruptor in the Pacific division is... By far the Ducks more than the The, the Ducks. But the question is, like, I guess it depends on how for real and to stay you think they are. Like, if you think that the the Ducks are a flash in the pan and they're going to come back down to earth, possibly miss the playoffs, they don't end up being that big of a disruptor. I think we both agree the Canucks are locked in. And at the very least, I think we'll 
be a top three finisher in the Pacific. Yeah, but I guess it, it all comes down to the definition of disruptor, I guess, because like I, I think that the Canucks being good is more predictable. And I, I feel like if you're a disruptor, it's an unpredictable mm. outcome to disrupt. Like the the spoiler role has to come from somebody where you're like, nobody saw this shit coming. Yeah. And I think the Canucks are just, we're just kind of due. And all, I mean, we haven't even mentioned Rick Tockett, but like Rick Tockett's impact on that Canucks team has been immeasurable because he's restored order. And I know a lot of people were critical of that hiring because like, oh, they hired the guy from TV. Mm -hmm. Oh, that'll fix it. That ought to do it. And I think there was like some of that for me last year. I was like, why are they fucking hiring Rick Tockett? But, I mean, obviously the results are there. That team's playing hard. That team looks really strong. Uh, the Canucks for real. We also haven't mentioned the Flames, who are, like, right in the range of the teams that we're talking about with the Oilers and the Kraken. They're smack I think dab the Canucks, in the middle. I think the Flames could have been disruptors. Like, if the, if the Flames turned it on, that they could hit disruptor status because... People like their roster might be good, but their that team was falling apart at the seams mm. over the summer. Everybody wanted out. Uh, I still think that like that a lot of them want out, but you know that, that's Calgary is a team that could have easily been disruptor or like dysfunctional. Uh, unless I'm doing my math wrong here, and I don't think I am. The Kraken have the second worst goal differential in the NHL. It's pretty bad. So if ever there were a team in this group that is kind of fake and bad, it is the Kraken. Who do you think has the worst goal differential in the NHL? The worst goal differential in the NHL? So the Kraken, Probably the team that lost like 20 to 3 at some point. The Kraken have a minus 19 goal differential. There are a few teams who have minus 14 goal differentials, such as the, uh, the Wild and the Blue Jackets. What do you think the Sharks' goal differential is? How many games have they played? They have played 16. This is an outrageous number. It is so or isn't? 19 is the second worst. Okay. Uh, Minus 19, negative 19. 42. The Sharks have a minus 51 wow. goal differential. <laughs> that is unbelievably bad for a team that we know is by far the worst team in the NHL. Yeah, that's that's a pretty stunning number. Even for a team that we know lost uh with a goal differential of minus 17 over two games my god uh the mlb owners have approved the oakland a's relocation to vegas so apologies to any uh bay area tough time. sports fans that stinks specifically oakland like you've yeah. lost two teams mm -hmm. in a very short period of time. I guess three if you want to count the Golden State Warriors. Mm, which is why the Sharks will be off limits for this next exercise. Which NHL team would you move and to where? Hmm. I would uh, I would move the Carolina Hurricanes to Hartford because they just want to be the Hartford Whalers all the time. Uh, no, I think you need the... So I, uh, I we're, say that. we're hopefully going to do stuff with the Hurricanes at some point. I hate the Hurricanes. Like, <laughs> and I, I, I hate the Hurricanes like as a I'm glad you're there. If you've ever listened to any of my and Pete's other work, uh, the name Jordan will mean something to you. It's a person in my fantasy football league who I don't know. Nobody in the league knows 
he's a friend of a friend who has since left the league and he hates us. We all hate him. All of our communication is shut up, Jordan. Why are you in this league? You're so annoying. We all hate you. And he hates us so much. I would hate my life if Jordan left this fantasy league. <laughs> That's how I hate the Hurricanes. Like if they were gone Hockey wouldn't be the same to me. That, I mean, that's a good point. And like, I, I, a necessary I said evil. that mainly to fuck with Hurricanes fans who are amongst the most sensitive in, in the league. And I love them for that. I love how passionate they are. They do love that team. So respect, but I like messing with them a lot. You know what they are? They're a, they're a necessary nuisance. Correct. And I, like, like you said, I think it's good for the Hurricanes to have a a team and a fan base that everybody kind of hates yeah. and, and that that you can't really explain like when the when the heat culture court came out where they had like a fucking novel in the paint uh, somebody posed the question like which NHL team would do this? It was basically, un- basically unanimous that the, hur- the Hurricanes would be that team. The word Hurricanes was trending on Twitter <laughs> right. as a result of that question being asked. So I I mean I do love the the Hurricanes being in the NHL. I just needed to throw that out there. I would say I would move the Florida Panthers to Fort Lauderdale, which is right down the uh, I road. I was going to say, I would move them to they're Miami. They're in Fort Lauderdale. I would move them. Ball? They're not. No, they're, they're in, in Sup- Sunrise. Sunrise. They're in Sunrise, which isn't real. It's like close it's, to Fort Lauderdale. Been, so have you been? Yeah, I sure have. It takes 40 minutes to get from Fort Lauderdale to Sunrise. It takes like 11 minutes. I think, oh, my, no, I, I know it's far from I've Miami. I've been a bunch of times. I know it's far from Miami, which when I went to the all-star game, it took 40 minutes to get from Fort Lauderdale to sunrise. Really? Yes. We'll have to look. Maybe I'm misremembering. I've been there a bunch of times and I would stay nice enough arena. Like I think that people dump on the arena. The arena is fine. Arena is fine. The The shopping center nearby is great. I forgot the name of it, but it's awesome. I used to hit that uh, banana Republic factory store all, all the time. You know that it's not like 10 minutes from Fort Lauderdale because if it was 10 minutes from Fort Lauderdale, they wouldn't have those attendance problems. Yeah, I know. I know the big problem with it is that it's far from Miami, it's, which is like that's what I was going to say Florida and Ottawa for that exact same reason. Like put the arenas in the actual city that they play in. Correct. And, and like, alternatively, the Colorado Avalanche move it somewhere within three hours of the airport because the Denver airport is the worst airport in America. Well, that you want to you don't want to move the team. You want to move the airport. Well, the airport the is airport very far seems away. Seems harder Denver. to move than an arena. Also, so the I was Denver, like, Denver airport is one of the worst airports oh, in America. It's, awful. No, it's, it's insane. Awful. I mean, just it could it could be the nicest airport in America, but the fact that it's ten hours away from civilization makes it the worst airport. In it, they also have all gates go through security in the same yes. like yes. grand lobby. Oh my god! And their TSA pre-check only operates like on business hours their tsa pre-check is open like nine to five and which you, is the most insane thing i've ever heard in my life you throw okay, all so, the conspiracy theory stuff on top of it yeah the uh the, the tunnels yeah and the, right yeah the so uh 18 minutes from fort La- from sunrise to fort lauderdale or vice versa no traffic with traffic as bad as 55 minutes Exactly. So I, th- I, th- I think that you you get the edge there on okay. me saying, ah, it's 10 minutes. Because <laughs> when you say, ah, it's 10 minutes, you have to max out at it being like 23 minutes with traffic. Right. So, all right, that's that's not bad. And it makes me feel better about my short move because I would move the Dallas Stars three hours down the road Austin. to Austin. Hell yeah. And I've been to Dallas and I've been to Austin both fine places. Austin is an absolute blast. I think that if 
it were, correct me if I'm wrong, Stars fans, if it were in Austin, you would still make the trip every now and then to go to Austin games. And so many people in Austin, weirdos, would go to like the sports scene in Austin is great. They go crazy for the Verde down there. Mm-hmm. The, the, we're famously Longhorns guys. Right. They obviously love their college football, but that's a thing in the South anyway, right. where like teams like college football instead of professional sports. There's at least proof with the Verde in in Austin that Austin cares about professional sports. So it would be sick. I've always said if that it, the stars if there. Austin had a team, I I would uh I would very much consider moving to Austin. First, uh you've always said it. You, I have. I, I know. Been saying it for years. I just love saying I've always. When I was said 11 that. years old, I was like, I will move to Austin if they get an NHL team. You know the scene in um in about time where he meets his wife and he's like, you know, I always used to worry about whatever, and he says something small. She's like, you always used to worry <laughs> about that. That's crazy that you always used to worry about it. Anyway. Austin hockey in Austin would be great. First time I went to Austin, I went to Stubbs Barbecue where Ben Fold was playing, okay. took in a concert, and then after I was like, you know what, Stanley Cup Final is on. I'd like to get to a bar and watch that. And as I left and I was walking to Sixth Street, there was so there were so many people in Blackhawks jerseys. Really, they were going out to the bar to watch hockey, and I was like. This is a hockey town. I love this. I place. feel like that's the thing about a lot of southern towns that people don't think about is that most of the people there are not from there. Like yeah. that's the thing in Arizona. Like every there's it's a lot of people like hockey because everyone's from fucking Chicago and stuff yeah. like that. Do they have the Texas Stars? Oh, good question. Where let's see. Where are the Texas Stars located? Is that Austin? Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> uh, there's a team in San Antonio, right? I believe so. Is that the or at least there was a Texas uh, stars are in Cedar Park, Texas, which is near Austin. Okay, gotcha. Uh, My final relocation idea is move the Minnesota wild to Atlanta because I want Atlanta to get another hockey team. And I feel like Minnesota for it's a great, great hockey state. Of course, it's the state of hockey, but I think they've taken advantage of uh, of having an NHL team. They just fucking haven't done anything with it. That's the thing. As soon as you said that, I was like, I know where you're going with this because there's this unsaid thing that we say a lot to each other of just like, something's off there. Like, <laughs> right. Why is it more interesting? Right. Like, I've been to, I, I, I love Minneapolis. I know they're in St. Paul, I think, uh, but they're twin cities. Correct. You know, so they're, they're close by. Why isn't that the coolest and best thing in the right. world? Why is that not a hotbed? Why why aren't people clamoring to go there? I feel like they got to unplug it and plug it back exactly. in. Exactly. That's that was my point. Like I want Minnesota to eventually get a team back, but I think we got to take it away from them for a few years and give it give Atlanta another shot and let let Minnesota kind of think about what they lost. I know that they've already lost one. And so like you kind of have to do it all over again. Plug it plug them unplug them, plug them back in. Plus like the Wild the Wild have a, an astounding lack of identity. Mm-hmm. Like they're a boring team. They got boring branding, the boring jerseys. They got to, they got to figure it out. And maybe it's like the Jack Campbell situation with like the AHL where it's like, maybe you just sit him out for like a couple weeks, a month or something, let him get right and let him kind of reassess and come back fresh. No wild games for a month. No wild games for like a year, year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> like multiple years. Uh, I don't know who I'm moving. 
but I want to move another team to New York City because I like a lot of players on the Rangers. I like a lot of people who work for the Rangers even. I love New York City. I like there's like this romantic thing about New York City and hockey and even Madison Square Garden. James Dolan sucks. Oh, he's the worst. James Dolan sucks. And he, whether it was the Tom Wilson thing of a couple years ago where he just like fired the organization Mm -hmm. because he had this really weird reaction to something that wasn't that bad. And his employees had to apologize for him. And then he fired them for apology. Like they were trying to, like if I'm being out of control and I mean, I don't drink, but like say we're out and I'm drunk and I'm acting a fucking fool. And you know that, Hey, like he's got a good heart. He's not that bad. Like, sorry, I don't know what's going on with him or whatever. It would be like, if I stopped being friends with you for telling people like, at your worst hey, moment, I'm, being I'm sorry, like, he's like, not this, like this. this like, <laughs> he's, free, he's clearly going through something. He's freaking out right now. But James Dolan is so sensitive. And he's essentially like the Elon Musk of the NHL. He ruins the Rangers for me. And I love the Rangers branding. I, yeah. Everything about the, the Rangers, Rangers should I love. be like the coolest team in the league. They deserve so much better than James Dolan. And I will also note, maybe this is a little biased, uh, Teams are lining up to do stuff with us. It's amazing. The only team that when we've sent stuff out to them that has immediately said no, and I don't think it's their fault, has been the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I think that they're like, ugh. The Rangers are tough to work with. I assume that James Dolan is a horrible boss. He's a sensitive baby. I hate that guy. Uh, and I, I It sucks that his music's so good. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started I, on I that. separate the art from the artist. <laughs> Oh no! The him tri- him tricking people into uh into attending a concert of his with his fake ass band at MSG is one of like the lowest and most embarrassing things I've you ever heard. You know who that sucks for more than anybody? Everybody in the band. Wrong, me, <laughs> because I am somebody who doesn't have as much money as James Dolan, arguably, but or as much notoriety as him. But for all, I use the term hobby rocker. For all hobby rockers, that is their worst fear, mm-hmm. where everybody's like, we're not interested in hearing this guy play music, but it seems to mean a lot to him, so we guess we'll put up with it. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing music anywhere or if I make any music, I'm so afraid that it is consumed and treated the same way of like, DJ did a music thing because he wanted to, and we didn't ask for it, <laughs> but... DJ is in our lives for some goddamn reason, so I guess this is just part of our life. Well, I'll tell you what. There is popular demand for Vineyard Nights, too, so people want it. Uh, Yeah, Dolan fucking... Dolan gets me down, man. I can't imagine being a billionaire and caring about anything. Not, like, never mind caring about everything and being a little baby back bitch about it. Whoa. (laughs) That guy sucks. So I'm for sure cool with taking the Rangers away from him. So we're taking, we're relocating the Rangers. Yes. So the loser and all of it, they already have to put up with a horrible owner. I'm relocating the Rangers to a different team, no, for a different gi- owner. I'm giving 
Uh, Michael Andlauer. Yes. <laughs> I'm cloning Michael Andlauer and relocating him to the Rangers. If he could take over the Rangers, they'd be my favorite team in the world. Hell yes. Because I agree again, with that. Like their jerseys, we own Rangers oh, jerseys. I love Rangers jerseys. And I want to, we were just at Madison Square Garden taking in a 1975 show, which mm-hmm. was a lovely time. But uh, yeah, as we were walking around, we we're like, man, this is so awesome. Except for like, there's like a James Dolan. Yeah, except I'm in James Dolan's house. Yeah, like, it's like we're looking at those banners. Got Billy Joel, Harry Styles. The great. I can't believe they have a Harry Styles. They have a Harry Styles banner at MSG because he played, I believe, 16 straight shows. Yeah, just 16 consecutive. Anybody could do that. Well, there. I think the congrats I, on showing up to work for 16 straight. Do you know days. what the original banner of that was? there's a billy joel live album from 2006 i want to say called 12 gardens yeah he played the garden 12 times in a row and it was like national news they're like could you believe this old guy keeps playing the garden he's out of his mind billy joel is off his rocker and it's like if you follow billy joel's career there are other cases where he's been like he drove into a house this is not him being off his rocker (laughs) he is doing great right now but they had a banner for him and now they have a bunch of banners up there because I think that they don't want to make him feel bad. They're putting up other Fish banners. has a banner. What's that? It was Fish that had Fish a banner, Fish had right? a banner. Yeah. My favorite music-related banner in the NHL was the Taylor Swift banner at Staples Center. Because and they took it down. Because they took it down. They had, uh, they had a Taylor Swift banner uh, probably a handful of years ago, and they just kept losing games at Staples Center. And Kings fans were like, listen, this team hasn't, hasn't stopped losing since you put up this Taylor Swift banner. Take it down. And the team got bullied into taking it down, and I love that. All right. Well, our three stars are we each give uh, James Dolan each all, all three, three of stars. ours. What a what a cool owner. Uh, incredible guy. Uh, we've had a great week on this show. Thanks to Linus Olmark and Jeremy Swayman, everybody who has consumed and shared our stuff. If you haven't, please subscribe on YouTube and give us the five stars. There was a thing, there was some media thing that got put out recently on uh, like a month into the season or whatever. What are the biggest oh, podcasts? Yeah. And uh, we were ranked number three, which was great. Spit and Chicklets beat us twice. I know. <laughs> which, uh, shout out those guys. Fuck you, I Grinnell. did say to Grinnell, I was like, <laughs> it cancels each other out. Well, I w- if you beat I- us twice, then you, did you really beat us at all? I do want to say uh, Biz sent us sent us a text yesterday saying that uh, he was very excited that we were doing the show and he's just like the nicest. Grinnell's guy ever. also been super supportive. Yeah, so I don't have Whitney's contact. Where are you at, Whitney? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I love those guys. Do you think Whitney? Happy to lose them once, maybe not twice. Do you think Whitney has heard of this podcast? Zero chance. I don't know. We're an Oilers podcast, and he was That's an ex Oilers. True, man. he's an Oilers, but but I mean he. He rocks. I hope he's. I, I love Wit. So I love Wit. all those guys. Yeah. Even you, RA. Yeah, I was going to say, RA. I saw him recently. He was so nice to me. Anyway, y'all are so nice to us. We love you. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Linus. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, See you everybody. next week. Uh, we subscribe got- to the YouTube. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a short week next week, but we've got some good stuff. More monster content, including some active NHL legends, plural. Oh, yeah. Hey, Together. Bye. Talk to you later.